Today is Friday, July 16th, 2021. She believed she could, so she did. R.S. Gray from Scoring Wilder. You're listening to episode 251, Joyful Kitchen, Joyful Gut, with Tina McDermott. The more that foods have been processed, the worse they are for us. So think, if foods walk, fly, swim, or grow, eat them. Mm. If they've been packaged, you got to think about it, right? Mm. And 10 to 12 cups of vegetables and or fruits a day. It's, it's, it's very simple, And I teach this in my webinars, I teach this in my cooking classes, and I teach this with my one-on-one clients, weight loss clients. The more it's in a package, five ingredients or less if it has to be packaged, right? Otherwise, eat foods from Mother Nature. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday, wherever you happen to be. So happy to Join you on this awesome day as we get into some very important things. Joyful gut, joyful kitchen. You know, how you eat and what you put in your body, how you take care of your center. Such an ever important topic. And I'm happy to have an awesome guest for you today that's an expert in this area. Her name is Tina McDermott. And she's been working in the health and wellness industry for almost 20 years. She was born to help people through health and wellness and exercise. And there's nothing more than she would love to do with her life. Tina's goal is to reach out to as many people as humanly possible through health, wellness, and exercise to help make this world a better place. She also specializes in helping people with their emotional issues of eating and an expert at helping you lose weight. And also she teaches exercise and nutrition on a one-on-one basis in small groups, as well as in corporations. Very excited to have Tina on the show today. She is also sharing a free copy of your ebook, The Joyful Gut Reboot. So if you want to go check that out, you can uh, go to tinamcdermott.com slash JG. And I'll post that link on the show notes for this episode. Again, this is episode 251, danceoflife.com slash podcast for all the latest show notes and links to the episodes that we do. Today, we're going to be talking about how to create some healthy habits in and out of the kitchen, how to prepare food well, how to choose your food well, how to eat accordingly so that you can really maintain a healthy gut. And Tina's going to also share her own journey of health as well as how she got to where she is now and what inspired her to write this book, The Joyful Gut Reboot. I just love that whole theme, The Joyful Gut. You know, if you have a happy center, you have a happy life. And that's so, so true. We're just about to jump into this conversation, but make sure you hit that subscribe button, share, leave a review, whatever it is that you want to do today. I appreciate you and I thank you for being here. Let's do this. 
episode 251, Joyful Kitchen, Joyful Gut, with Tina McDermott. All right, all right. Well, hey, it's so nice to have you on the show, Tina. I'm really uh, excited. You know, I, I love your joyful gut reboot. I just love that word, like the joyful gut. I'm really curious, you know, we can give us an idea of how, where'd you get that phrase or title or theme? Uh, I, just, I really like that. Great question, Tudor. Thank you for asking. The I, I, I believe that we are on this earth for joy. Mm. We are here to experience love and happiness and joy And I've been a nutritional consultant, personal trainer, uh, weight loss coach, speaker, all of that for years. And and it occurred to me, we need to to have, uh, it's all all about gut health, right? It's all about gut health. And it occurred to me, let's call it the joyful gut reboot guide. And I'm like, oh, that really rings true with me. And I also have a YouTube channel called Tina's Joyful Kitchen. And I do a lot of cooking shows, Tina's Joyful Kitchen. So it's joy. It's all about joy, Tudor. It's all about joy. I 100%, and especially with the gut being the foundation for health. I mean, I think uh, there's some quote I forget. I'm totally forgetting who. I think it was the father of colonics. I forget his name. But he said, like, all all death begins in the colon. It does. Yeah. And it's, oh, just, like, it's so that? true. I mean, uh, God, I don't remember the name right now. It's, you know, I just remember quotes because I'm in the business of like <laughs> quoting things all the time, you know, but um, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was the father of colonics. I forget his name, but anyway. He, oh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out yeah. who that was. All death begins in the colon, but yeah. I remember all death that. begins in the colon. And, oh, so I know true. who you're talking about. Now it's, it's evading me. Thomas Parr. Yeah, maybe. I honestly don't remember the name. That's all good. We'll figure it yeah. out when it is. But it's so true, though. I mean, you know, it's like so much more research is coming out about how the the microbiome controls so many different things from your hormones to your uh, neurotransmitters, your mood, you know, your uh, even your propensity to store fat, right? I mean, if you have a different type of ratio of bacteria in your gut, it's like you you could try to lose weight all day, but if your gut is out of alignment, I mean, it, you know, it's not going to happen. Or it's it might not- happen, but it, you won't be able to sustain it, so... Or it's it'll so be difficult, right? Yeah. It'll be difficult for you if you don't have the right kind of good bacteria in your gut. And I like to talk layman's terms, right? So that everyone can understand. And I just call it seriously, good bacteria and bad bacteria, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good <laughs> you, enough, right? <laughs> you, need a, you need enough, you, you need more of the good bacteria than the bad bacteria. So yeah, you can lose weight, but you're not going to sustain it. Or it's going to be very difficult for you to sustain it or to lose weight when you don't have the right kind of bacteria in your gut, as well as digestive enzymes. And I can go on and on, but they, we, we, we want, you know, I am a weight loss coach, but the, the bottom line is I help people get healthy, become healthy. And it's and, and not just physically, but emotionally as well. And when they turn that corner of, of healing their gut, the weight comes off of them naturally and turn the corner of healing those emotions that are just bogging them down. The weight just, it just falls off. It just falls off and it stays off. I found there's, and I'm sure you've seen this quite a bit in your extensive experience, but I found that there's a a definite relationship between emotions and eating patterns. 
you know, like different, obviously different types of habits and things that we do around our emotions, how we handle emotions, uh, you know, what types of emotions we tend to feel most of the time or negative emotions and how we, how we eat. It's really interesting. I've seen that a lot in, in, in both directions, you know, obviously like people who, let's say you have a, a disordered eating approach to where you're just controlling everything and, and trying to do everything in spreadsheets and, you know, count your calories and all this kind of stuff. And I've been there. Hey, we've all been there to some degree, but um, you know, there's that end of it where it's like, you're almost too fit, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously like fitness is important and being healthy is important, but there is such a thing as being too fit. And there's obviously the other side, which is sort of like you run to food uh, to escape, you know, your problems, whether it's coming home and you're like, all right, I'm going to treat myself for a long day of work with just a bucket of ice cream or something, you know, and it's just like yeah. those types of behaviors. I, I definitely, I think food is such an intertwined thing with our emotions. And I don't think a lot of people realize that it's not just a physical, like, okay, what am I eating and what am I eating? But really, like you said, there's an emotional component to it too. And, and you went two opposite ends of the spectrum, Tudor. And the one end of the spectrum is that person who is exact and careful eating and does everything pristine and it's obsessed in that direction. And they have to control every little thing. And then the opposite end is the person who is trying to lose weight, but their emotions are rampant. They're full of stress. They've got a lot of unresolved issues. And we don't even have to name them, but most of them happen between the ages of five and eight. Unresolved issues. And as soon as they get a trigger, they want to go to something that's going, you know, comfort foods, right? Comfort foods. Comfort foods literally elicit that part of the, the part of the brain that elicits the serotonin that makes us feel good. And that's our go-to, that's our antidepressant. Personally, my antidepressant is my bicycle and sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> You know, but yeah, emotions are a big part of it. And I'll tell you, I over and over and over again, when I help my clients heal in, in a beautiful way, I, I do something called the peace process. When I help them heal from those unresolved issues without even having to go look at them. And I, it, it's like, I had a call the other day. She says, like, it's like a brick building that just fell off of my shoulders. Yeah. Holy cow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all we did was this peace process and a breathing technique and, and, and we did walking. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> what is the peace process? Oh, thank you for asking. This is a process that I have been helping my clients go through that I was taught by Christian Michelson and certified through Christian Michelson as an instant miracle uh, coach, as well as a uh, peace process certified. And the peace process is, you know, you're, you, you've got to eat that cupcake, right? I'll just give you an example, right? Or if, unless you want to tell me what something is emotional in you and I can talk to you more about specifics. You can go with cupcake. I think that's okay, probably a lot good. of people can relate to that one. <laughs> so, okay. So you're you had a stressful day. You just hung up the phone from your boss who gave you three more hours of work and your friend gave you cupcakes and they're sitting in the refrigerator and you're like, gotta go to that cupcake. But the thing is, it's not that you have to go to that cupcake is that there's something that you're, there's an emotion happening, right? There's an emotion, that person, that boss told you what to do and you don't want to do it. And basically what I do, so now you understand a little scenario. I ask them, well, where do you feel that in your body? I have them go like just 
settle down, close their eyes and go invert into their body and find that feeling. Because most of our fears are fears of feelings. We don't want to feel that feeling. Mm. So I have them feel it in its entirety. And I have them surrender to the feeling and just let it be and send it love, send it acceptance, surrender to it. And sometimes it takes on a shape, a color, a size, it grows, it shrinks. And I just breathe with them, just naturally breathe with them. I send them instant miracles at the same time. And slowly but surely, most often, sometimes it grows, but most often within minutes, it will shrink. Sometimes it takes two minutes, sometimes two hours. It all depends on the client. And it will naturally just shrink. They're like, it's not there anymore. I says, yeah, that's like a neutral feeling. And that's peace. You don't have that. And then I'll poke the bear. Then I'll poke the bear. I said, okay, I'm your boss. I'm calling you. I'm giving you some more work. Where do you feel that in your body? I don't feel anything. <laughs> I'll get it done tomorrow. Wow. I mean, that's really where I get them to. And, and as, so as opposed to going for the cookies, cakes, candies, the foods that make you feel good for the moment, but not for the long haul, because they end up, you know, in the nether regions, like your, you know, your whatever, wherever you don't want your fat to go, <laughs> is where it goes. Um, you know, instead of going to eating, they'll go to checking in with themselves and doing the peace process themselves. And I had a client, oh my gosh, she says, I feel it in my chin. Oh, okay. And it had been going on for a while. And I said, okay, why don't we put a slide right there on a make pretend slide on your chin? And she just started giggling and laughing. And she's like, Tina, it slid down. It's not here anymore. Where'd it go? That's funny. <laughs> it was, it's all, it's this visual letting go right? It's just, it's letting go. It's okay to let go. So thank you for asking. That's the peace process in in a little nutshell. And, and it's, it's not that challenging. It's easy. Yeah, you know, it's like that saying, uh, let go of the bag of bricks, right? I mean, it's, it's, you're holding on the bag of bricks, just let it go. And sometimes, obviously, when it's a blind spot, it's a little harder to do that, because we aren't aware of the cost or, you know, um, you know, what's, what's the actual cost of these habits. But I think once we do become aware, it's like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> why you am check I in. Yeah. check in with yourself? What's going on? Oh gosh. All right. Where do I feel that? Okay. Breathe, surrender, and, you know, find the most intense part of the most intense part. And Tudor, you want, you want to know what I love, love, love about the peace process hmm. is that, you don't have to go back into your childhood and figure out what it was that is yeah. what those triggers are. All you need to do is heal from them. I'll, I'll just be transparent with you. I've been to tons of therapists throughout my life and there is nothing more healing, more relieving to me than doing the peace process. I just let it all go. Wow. I let it all go. One time we were doing it in teams in the ocean. I was in Florida and we were doing it just our feet on the ocean and this one huge wave splashed up on me. And look, the waves were, there weren't waves. Okay, It was just, our feet were wet. All of a sudden, a huge and wave. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this wave just out came in. Out of nowhere, and, out of wow. nowhere, this huge wave came up and splashed me. I was wet up to my waist. <laughs> Not 
not soaked soaked, but I was soaked. <laughs> I needed a towel and a new chin, a change of clothes after that. But after that wave hit me, I again started giggling. I'm like, holy cow. I feel amazing. And, and it was, and I, it, that high stayed with me all afternoon, all afternoon and to the next day, I think. So that's the power of the peace process. That reminds me of a, of a technique that one of my friends does. He does like this, I forget what it's calling. It's called trauma release or mm-hmm. it's got a, it's got a specific type of name, but anyway, it's, it's really interesting because <clears throat> he, uh, he combines like, you know, you have to, what does it feel like? Like you said, like, what is the feeling, you know, what, where is it in your body? You know, all these different, cause I guess there's, from what I remember, he was telling me that when we have a traumatic event, there's, there's sort of many components to it that are stored in memory. There's sort of a linguistic component, obviously, right. And you know that, and there's a, you know, like a, a physical feeling, like, where is it on the body? Like it's in the throat in the chest, whatever, you know, and then there's sort of like a, you know, an emotional thing. I mean, there's all these different components and a, a big problem with cognitive behavioral therapy and nothing against it, but one of the pro- or the limitations I should say is that it's linguistic, you know, that's basically, it just does the language. And really it's like, if you can tune into the feeling and get it out of your muscle memory, right? I mean, uh, gosh, it reminds me too of this. So I don't know if you, did you ever do like chiropractic stuff? Oh, not, that, not that you administer it, but have you ever like had it done to you? I have been getting chiropractic work done on me since I was 19 and I'm 53 oh, wow. okay. oh, and wow. I've worked for several chiropractors throughout my you life. You don't look 53. So. Holy smokes. All this joyful gut stuff is working. <laughs> it's working and good genes, but yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all work and exercise, right? Yeah. yeah all of it. I I used to go to this chiropractor. He passed away and it's just, I was so bummed about it because he was the only one in town that would do this particular, very specific type of method, but it was like, it's called network spinal analysis or network spinal care. It's a new type of chiropractic. You might really like it, but it's a, it's a type of chiropractic that where a chiropractor gets trained to do this. So it's like an advanced technique. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever done cranial sacral therapy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. I would say it's a little more active than that in the sense that it uses the same principles of like, you know, energy and sort of feeling the the energy in your spine. And so what, what they do is they, without forcing you, they sort of guide you energetic. It sounds really woo-woo to explain it, but. Uh, no, they, it sounds wonderful to me. They it guide you. They guide yeah. you. If you find a good one, I mean, it's a treasure because they're very talented people, but they obviously require a lot of training. So there are not that many of them, but they guide you energetically into the adjustment. And so you're not really adjusting the person, but rather sort of training new muscle memories to let go of the trauma because trauma, like, like we're talking now has a certain body position. Uh, You know, you see people who are like really, you know, whatever down on life and they have a certain posture that they walk around with obviously. Right. And so that's, that ties into the electrical circuits and how that goes into your gut and your digestion. I mean, it's all related. Right. And so, um, you know, this all ties in, but basically they, they kind of entrain. It's so interesting because you, you go there and then like, after they do that, you sort of feel how to adjust yourself afterward. Like you get these new little programs in your body, like that you never did before. Like, Oh wow. Like I want to do this with my shoulder. Now uh, my collarbone just popped and I never used to do that before. And so that is really interesting to me because wow. it sort of plays off of that whole, um, you know, nervous system retraining your trauma in in a in a in a way that doesn't involve you obviously doing any cognitive work or thinking about anything. It's just kind of feel it, you know. So that's, that's it's really feeling. 
That's yeah. wonderful. What is it called again? Network spinal? Network spinal analysis or network spinal care. Um, I haven't had it done in a while. I mean, the guy that I was seeing, it was so crazy. Like I literally hadn't seen him for 10 years. I went to go see him, you know, to reconnect. And basically, you know, he gave me a session and stuff. It was like, oh, great. You know, he was a young guy. He was like in his forties, you know, relatively healthy, at least appearingly. And then uh, literally like, a week after I bought like a big package and was ready to get going again, I get a call that he, he died in like in his sleep or something. I'm like, what the hell? You know, that's just, it was weird. It was just really weird. So, and then, you know, obviously like because of the nature of anytime you find somebody that you really like, especially with energy work, I think like, you know, this kind of stuff, it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to just be like, Oh yeah. You know, like I have a cranial sacral therapist and she's, she's amazing. Dr. Susan Sunquist and, Arizona Tempe. She's awesome. But, um, you know, it's like if, if she, you know, if I stop seeing her or whatever, like I, it would be hard to find a replacement, especially when you develop a relationship with somebody that you know, your body, I don't know. And, and I understand what you're saying. The, it, it, however, what if we both say, what if we both say I can find somebody? Yeah. <laughs> that person's going to come my way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I believe that. I, I think yeah. you just put it out there and keep that intention in your mind. It, it, they come to you. I it'll really come to you. It. It'll I come to you. And when you have that, the, the, when you put the intention out there, because I believe, and this is so far from everything else, but well, what we're, we're talking about, but it, I believe that when you put your intention in the universe, you will, you'll get what you want in your life. It will come to you. I, I manifested so many things in my life. It's, it's so fun to just manifest. <laughs> so and, and the better you, the more you practice it, the, you know, the, the better just life gets, it seems, you know, you, it seems like there's a couple of key things that happen in your life. And then you just start riding that momentum, you know, when you start waking up and seeing how I'll it all works, you, you know, it, it, I'll tell you, and I'm just going to, I said last year, actually some months ago, I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to have my cooking show on, on TV and my friend, she was like, no, no, let's just do a YouTube channel. And so you don't have anybody that owns you. I said, no, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, but YouTube I'm going to be on TV you in that anyway. case, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But and I'm like, well, no, I'm going to be on TV. It's going to happen too. That's going to happen too. Well, I just got, had, had a request from a local cable channel to do a cooking wow. show. Wow. This is recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you manifest things. It's, it's phenomenal. I love, love, love life and everything that it has to offer even the bad stuff because you'll learn from it you know yeah learn from absolutely it. you know gifts and tests i always say it's gifts and tests it's a day the a day is either a gift or it's a test and either way you're getting something you know you're learning it's a something. gift or it's a test yeah there's no good or bad days there's just gifts and tests <laughs> I love that. It's either a gift or a test. I have not heard. I've probably heard, heard that, but I don't re, don't remember it. It's a gift or a test. I'm writing that one down and I'm going to remember that one. Thank you. It's a good reminder, especially when you wake up and you haven't had too much sleep. You're like, all right, this is going to be a test today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I thank you. I appreciate that. That was, that helps me because there are some mornings you're like, okay, I'm so grateful for to be alive and I'm tired. Why am I so tired? Okay. It's a test. Thank it's, you. It's a practice, man. I would tell you, like, you yeah. know, we, we talk about these things all the time and certainly we, we make a practice out of it, but every day there's a different 
challenge you know, that comes your way. And so I think it's really being masterful at practicing because you can't obviously mm-hmm. control what happens to you. You can, you just, uh, there's always going to be something no matter what, especially if you own your own business, you know, you're an entrepreneur, so you know what it's like. I mean, there's yeah. no off time. I mean, you're, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you're, it's up to you, you know? And so, um, if you own your own business or you're accountable for all these different things, I think it's definitely a very spiritual experience. I've said this before, but hmm. uh, I see it as a spiritual growth because, you know, you, it's on you. Like there's no, you know, there's no going back. It's like you, the bridges are crossed and you have to move forward. And it's like that in and of itself forces you to learn a lot about yourself. I think it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I agree with you. 1000%. 1000%. How did you get started with everything that you're doing? I mean, you've been doing this for like 20 years, right? But 20 plus years. Yeah. I've been you doing always it into health years. or did something happen in your life that you kind of guided you on this path? You no, know, I think I've always been into health. <laughs> I've always been into health. My, my sister uh, was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 23. Wow. And yeah, breast she breast cancer. Mm-hmm, yeah. Breast cancer. And she died at the age of 48. So oh she lived God. for a long time and wow. yeah, it uh, metastasized. And so she lived in stage four for the last four years. And, you know, I, I'm third. I'm, she was my eldest sister and I'm third. And, you know, my whole life has been about, okay, how do I not get cancer? How do I stay healthy the rest of my life? And, yeah. and, and it's been a journey because my sister was very, you know, she's the oldest sister. She knows more than me. Yeah. And when I um, knew more, because I would research and I would read books and I would talk to her about it and, and she'd be like, oh, I know more than you. I'm like, okay, she didn't want my help. So it fueled me, it mm. fueled me to want to teach as many people in this world as humanly possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission to teach as many people in this world how they can live a life that's healthy, that's vibrant that's full of joy and free from dis-ease, free from all of those things. So that was my my origin story. And um, I dedicate my business to my sister, Anna. Mm. I talk to her on a daily basis and she guides me when I need, when I ask her for guidance. And she was an an entrepreneur as well. She was a hairdresser. She ran a a thriving uh, salon. And uh, yeah, she had a beautiful life and, and her life was not for naught because she inspired so many people, including me. And uh, so that was my origin story. And I have more, <laughs> you know, uh, I was anorexic when I was a kid. It was, uh, you know, control the parents kind of thing. And then I went to Italy at the age of 12 with my grandma. I- I'd gone before with my sisters and with my parents since I was a little child, but they were born in I was born and raised in New Jersey. My parents were born and raised in Italy. So I always went back and forth. Oh, wow, Anyhow, okay. this, this summer I went with my, my grandma and I came back and I was 20 pounds heavier. I decided that I liked food. I was away from the parents. And then I came back and my two older sisters made fun of me that I was quote unquote fat. Mind you, I was wow. normal size versus anorexic. And uh, yeah, so it just drove me to do a lot of exercising and a lot of dieting and a lot of all of that stuff. And and I know how to drop the pounds and I know how to eliminate all of those emotions because I've been through the emotions. The third part of my story is that I had Lyme disease in my thirties. Wow. That was chronic, likely from when I was a teenager, which, you know, had a lot of gut issues, a lot of brain issues. And again, once again, it took me five years, but I got rid of the Lyme and I uh, all through, you know, nutrition, the right supplements, the right supplements, exercise, just 
love and joy. And of course, my mission of wanting to help people. And through my trauma, I've been able to help other people. So thank you for asking. I know I had a long-winded answer for That's your great. question. No, I, I love to hear that kind of stuff. I'm sure other people do too. Yeah. I mean, it's so relatable. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's so relatable because, you know, we all have our gifts and tests, right? We all have our, our traumas oh. that basically lead us to greater um, greater treasures in life. And I think that if you can embrace, you know, the things that happen to you, like you have, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Ultimately, you, nobody's going to, nobody's getting out of this alive. Number one, and you're not getting out, <laughs> you're not getting out of this, uh, with, um, you know, without any lessons. And so I think the more you can make a habit out of embracing those tests as opportunities, then, you know, the, the more you're going to get out of the situation. I'm curious oh. about Lyme disease. I, I had a, I knew somebody, one of my friends, and she's unfortunately passed away too. She had breast cancer, but uh, she had a similar thing where she had Lyme disease in her youth. It was like, I think in her teenage years and it was, mm-hmm. it was just terrible. I mean, I've heard really bad stuff about Lyme disease. Like, how do you, how did you treat it? If you don't mind me asking, like, what did you do? Oh, I don't mind at all. I don't mind at all. First of all, I'm, I promise you it was chronic from when I was a teenager because mm-hmm. I can remember now that I, once I knew all the symptoms, I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder, no wonder. And I, I go back and say, oh, 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 and your immune system pretty much helps you overcome it, right? Your mm. immune system tries to overcome it, especially when you're younger, right? Not always, not always. It depends on which co-infections you have, because there's many different co-infections. You can get Lyme plus Rocky Mountain spotted fever or Babesia or uh, Bartonella or uh, I know there's a plethora of others. So it depends on how many co-infections you had. When I was in my 30s, and I've been an athlete my whole life, my whole life, I really started going downhill with my energy. And I started getting, again, I'm remembering being loopy and dizzy and almost, this might sound crazy, but almost like I was uh, floating on the, on the mm. surface. And it, it, it was all brain stuff, right? It was yeah. all, uh, I had Babesia and I had Bartonella as well as the actual All Lyme. those came from the same tick, I'm guessing, or it could have been from one tick. It could have been from a couple of ticks, but one tick can give you a lot of, uh, different wow, co-infections, of course. Crazy. Yeah. So I started going, cause I'm all natural medicine. I started going to uh, a Lyme specialist and he treated me with antibiotics. Oh my gosh. But oh, he's like, Tina, you got to get the mercury out of your mouth. So I got the mercury out of the mouth. You know, there's, then I had to do, I went to my nutritionist and I had to do all of these cleanses and all of these supplements. And finally, at about four years into all of this, still having lots of problems, lots of, you know, I still went to work though, because nothing stops me from working. I'm just like my dad. He's an old fashioned barber. He still works 80 years old, cutting yeah, hair. In good for him. I love it. I'm just like him. And so I found a supplement that uh, that you drink that is basically your own body creates what it is reductically molecules and within three months i felt this entire flush of everything most everything leaving my body and my brain my brain had been foggy for so many years and i just lived through it so this particular supplement flushed most of it out of my body. What was and, the supplement? What was the ingredients? Um, it's redox signaling molecules. So Reduxing? I'm not a sign. Redox. 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 
Uh huh. Signaling, signaling molecules. Oh, I see. I see. Redox signaling molecules. Every single cell in your body. I'm not. Well, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to be able to explain this to you. Yeah. But every single cell in your body, which you have trillions upon trillions of cells, in nanoseconds produce these redox signaling molecules. They produce them. And if they don't use them, it goes back to salt water. Um, but when they produce them, they signal to the immune system, hey, you know, I need some help here. I'm, I'm a cell in danger. Help me out. Or, hey, I'm a bad cell. You need to get rid of me. Hmm. Or, hey, yeah, just protect me. I want to be protected. So these signals are constantly, there's been research on redox signaling molecules. For I've read it. Yeah, I've read a little bit about it. I'm not too familiar. Yeah, it's interesting. Years sure. and years and years and years, uh, maybe 30 years. And finally, about mm, 10, 11 years ago, a scientist figured out how to put them in a bottle. Interesting. So I drink them twice a day. I drink them. I still do it. I still do it because I know how it has helped me feel amazing and keeps me young. Hey, even you said I'm 53 and I don't like it. But I didn't want to make this into a commercial for redox signaling molecules, but that ultimately, Tudor, is what I can tell you got rid of it out of my body. That's impressive. Because you know your body wants to come back to homeostasis. It wants to heal itself, right? You cut yourself, you heal. But as we mature, you heal a little slower because we have less and less of these redox signaling molecules. But I always wanted to find what is the natural medicine? What's natural? Like food is medicine, right? Yeah. And and and, I, and when I understood what this did to you, what your what these redox signaling molecules do for you, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's not like the antibiotic that's going to make me feel terrible for days on end. And it didn't. It made me feel amazing after the first three months of flushing everything out. So some of those antibiotics, I mean, I remember I had an antibiotic called Cipro. I don't know if you've heard of that one before. Mm-hmm. That, that one is brutal, man. I, 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 I should have never taken it. This was a while ago. Thank God. But oh my God, it was just, that's to, to, to the point about the gut being responsible for so many things. I mean, Literally the day that I started taking it, I started getting like massive depression. <laughs> I was yep. getting like suicidal thoughts and shit that I just never think about. Oh, you know, dude. it was just like, you could tell this veil just comes over your face Terrible. You know, of, of depression and darkness. And you're like, Oh my God, like what the hell is It's not my mood. I just, you know, it's this chemical that's messing with my, uh, you know, my, my gut and my body. It's just crazy. Well, it destroys all the good bacteria and all the yeah. bad bacteria take over and they go, feed me sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this fluoride too. I think the particular one that Cipro is a, it's called a fluoroquinolone. And so they're, they have fluoride in them basically too, on top of all that nonsense. So they're, I don't know that. I don't know much about Cipro. I, is, is Cipro for fungus? You know, I, I think it they use, I mean, it's a very strong antibiotic. It's an extremely strong and it's, they use it for, you know, usually like urinary tract infections or, you know, okay. something like that, but because it's basically extremely strong, but it's really stupid if you think about it, because, you know, the logic is, well, your urinary system, you know, by the time stuff gets there, it's really filtered out. So we just need to get a really strong, you know, dosage to, to get to your urinary system. And it's like, well, that's stupid. I mean, you're basically nuking your gut, you know, just for the hope of getting something. I mean, there's, other, and to speak, to speak to your point about natural cures, I mean, I had a UTI at the time. I, don't ask me how. I, it was the only one in my life that I ever had. But <laughs> I had, yeah, it's rare for guys to get them. But I had, 
I had that. And so I ended up going to a natural, like a naturopath slash, you know, MD. He was both a doctor and a naturopath. And I ended up doing, you know, I took some uh, mannose, like D mannose, like the sugar. I did that. And I did combined it with, um, you know, what you call like this concoction of just, it sounds disgusting, but it worked. It was like garlic, onion, horseradish, uh, turmeric, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what is what else is in there? That's Something natural anti that's natural natural um antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. I took that a couple mm-hmm. times a day. I mean, it was disgusting, but uh I'll tell you what, I mean, <laughs> it, it went away and you know, they give you some different supplements and nutrients. And this was a long time ago, and that's when I started learning, like, okay, you know, there's there's more to this than you know, antibiotics and throwing pills that you know synthetic yeah. pills at least. You know, problem. you know, we need a firehouse. Okay. That's why I see I'm thrilled. I, I am, I, I'm not against medicine in the least. Right. I think that we need a firehouse when you, there, we have antibiotics. I'm so grateful that yeah. we have created them, that they're there, that we can use them and reach out to them if nothing else is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. For as sure. a last resort, not as a first resort. No, not as a first resort. So again, I, I, I just go, I go with the, the gratitude the gratitude avenue with that, that thank God that we have that because what if, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not against them either. Like I am in agreement with you in the sense that if they're, if nothing else is working and it's a really serious situation, like when I had my tooth pulled uh, from it was like an infected tooth, obviously. And so like, yeah, okay, give me the antibiotics. That's fine. I'm not going to risk an infection going into my bloodstream. You know, I, I know what the risks are if, if you have an infected tooth. So, you know, that's okay. I have a protocol for after I take antibiotics, how to repopulate my gut and, yep. Yep. you know, uh, yep. sort of treat that afterwards. But, you know, that's okay. But I, I wouldn't go to them for my, for anything else. Like if I had a cut on my hand or something, <laughs> I don't know. Like I <laughs> or depends how big the cut is, I guess. But yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I had a client who was had sinus infection after sinus infection after sinus infection, and I put her on the right protocol, and she no longer gets the sinus infections. She no longer needs the antibiotics anymore. So it's yeah, that's what I think. Like when I see somebody like that with a recurring problem, my question is, what is the underlying issue that's yeah, creating these problems for you? You know, there's mm-hmm. obviously something's out of alignment with your immune system or your yeah. nutrients or something, your gut. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what we do. We take a hard look at all of that and clean up their diet, clean up what they're eating. I hate that word diet. I don't know why I use that. Clean up what they're eating. <laughs> what do you, I mean, what do you think about diets? I mean, with, I don't really believe in diets. I don't think diets work, but what's your take on diets and you know why they work or don't work? Oh my goodness. They don't work because it's not a lifestyle. I call it a D I E capital D capital I capital E with a small T and like who wants <laughs> to die. We want to live it, not diet. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's not a lifestyle. That's why it's not, it's not changing your mental attitude towards eating in general. So I have, would you like to know my philosophy on eating? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Love it. Okay, good. So here's my philosophy. And my philosophy encompasses vegans, vegetarians, herbivores, pescatarians, uh, omnivores. Who am I missing? Everybody in this world. Uh, It encompasses everybody. (laughs) So here's the theory. Here's the theory. Eat the way, eat foods the way that mother nature has taught us to eat them. The more that foods have been processed, the worse 
they are for us. So think if foods walk, fly, swim, or grow, eat them. Mm. If they've been packaged, you got to think about it, right? Mm. And 10 to 12 cups of vegetables and or fruits a day. It's, it's, it's very simple. And I teach this in my webinars. And I teach this in my cooking classes. And I teach this with my one-on-one clients, weight loss clients. The more it's in a package, five ingredients or less, and it has to be packaged, right? Yeah. Otherwise, eat foods from Mother Nature. Close to the way Mother Nature fed, uh, like has them prepared them for us. The further that they're processed, what's better for you, a piece of chicken or protein powder? Right. <laughs> what's better for you? You know, it, what's better for you if you're a vegetarian, a bowl of beans that you soaked yourself and cooked yourself or tofu? Think about it. There's junk food vegetarians out there. There's junk food. Oh, yeah. Vegetarian stuff. Some of the vegan stuff is actually not good at all for you. I mean, especially with all the canola oil and it's just cheap plant fats that they put in there. I, I just. And the genetically modified soy. Yeah. Yep. It's not as it's healthy terrible. as people think. It's junk food. How do you, you know, how do you meal plan? I mean, what's your take on meal planning and basically how to create a balance between, cause I agree with you with the 10 to 12 cups of vegetables per day. I mean, it's especially nowadays food is not what it used to be a hundred years ago. And so, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, it was five vegetables that we needed. Now it's, you know, definitely double that amount, but certainly we need to pack those vegetables in. And uh-huh. I try to do my best, but you know, honestly, having a busy life, it's, it's hard to like, cook. You know what I mean? Like cooking is, I love cooking, but it's like, for me, cooking is just takes so much time. If it's something elaborate, I can cook some cheap stuff, you know, like a quick little stir fry or, you know, <laughs> something like that. But you know, how do you, like I steam vegetables at night. Usually I have like two, uh, pasture eggs. I boil them and then I have two steamed vegetables and I have some, uh, some sort of starch, you know? So I keep some of these rules that I have as a guideline every, every day of how to basically create quick meals that are relatively healthy and simple uh, without a lot of preparation. But what are some strategies that you teach people how to strike that balance and be able to meal plan and obviously incorporate, you know, these uh, important things like having 10 to 12 vegetables per day. I think it's super important without, you know, killing themselves and sitting there slaving away in the kitchen. I mean, you know, I, I love cooking. I'm, I'm really sad, honestly, that a lot of these traditions, you see like old tradition, especially, you know, you're from Italy or you have family from Italy all these old, you know, recipes and stuff. They're, they're not getting, nobody cares about them anymore because everybody's so busy living their individualistic, materialistic lives. But I'm sad for that. You know, I really feel like those things are valuable traditions, but at the same time, it's like, it's not compatible with our BS lives running around today. So how do you strike a balance? Well, well, there, there, there's a, there's a definitely a balance. There's definitely a balance. First of all, I want you to know that my cousin's daughter, my, my, second cousin makes pasta. She's in her early thirties. She makes pasta and gnocchi. She makes all of those Italian foods. She nice. loves it. So some of the traditions are passed down. So the other thing I want to say to you is that don't be sad. It just is. It, yeah. it just is. It just is. And if you're sad about it, then capture those recipes and make them yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, um, my mom worked, my mom worked. And I was the third child and I would come home without my mom home. And I'd call her and I'd be like, mom, there's nothing to eat. 
And she'd come home and within minutes whip up a meal. I'm like, how did you do that? So I was always in the kitchen with my mom Mm. and I learned how to whip up a meal quickly from her. So here's my, here's my philosophy. I I don't spend more than 30 minutes in the kitchen unless I want to an evening, unless I want to. So here's it. Here it is. Always have in your freezer fish, chicken, and beef. Always have those in your freezer. So Sunday comes around. If you're do- if you're not going to spend a couple hours in the kitchen to make some soup and make some hard boiled eggs and make some salads in a jar, if you're not going to do that, I'll talk to you about that in a second. And you are away all weekend, then you're going to go to the freezer and you're going to pull out your fish, your chicken, your beef, and Monday by Monday night the fish is defrosted. You're going to put the fish in the oven with a little salt, pepper, a little bit of olive oil, and you're going to get the frozen vegetables. And you're going to put them in a steam pot and you're going to steam them up. Within 10 minutes, you have dinner. By the next night, chicken is ready. So you're going to cook up the chicken. In the oven goes the chicken, a little salt and pepper. Nothing difficult, nothing crazy. If you want, you can even boil a chicken and put it in salads. And then steam up some other vegetables that you have. It's not that complicated. Sauces, make your own sauces. Like I make this wonderful Caesar uh, dressing with tahini and capers. Mm, and I make another one with, I make a hummus with beets and eggplant and, uh, and, and what is it called? Cashews and tahini and roasted garlic. So I have that for the whole week, but I'm back. Let me back up. I'm going too fast. So the next night you do the beef and then you have the leftovers for lunch the next day. And you're probably thinking, well, Where's the starch? And you don't need a starch unless you are an Uber athlete. Like my husband, he goes out and he rides anywhere from 30 to 60 to hundred miles on his bike. And he comes home and he needs some starch in his belly, not just uh, tons of vegetables, of course. So I'll cook him up a pot of rice and then I'll reheat that throughout the week, or I'll bake some potatoes, reheat those up throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Got it. So that's you're away all weekend. You pull things right out of the freezer and you cook them easy. Right. It doesn't have to be difficult. And you make those sauces, keep them in the refrigerator and use those sauces. Now, if you have a couple hours to spare for the week, then I make myself a big pot of soup or a big salad. And I'll put the salads in mason jars. You put the dressing at the bottom and then you put the harder vegetables in there. Look, even though I'm working from home, I like having my salads in a jar because I'm busy going from one meeting to the next, to the next. I know that lunch is ready for me. I can put hard boiled eggs in there. I can put my chicken in there and put the lettuce at the top. When I'm ready to eat it, I dump it. And then the dressing mixes with the lettuce. So I'll have soup. So I'll have things like that. And when I make a big pot of soup, I have glass containers and single serving glass containers, freeze them. Again, I'm away for the weekend. What am I going to eat? You pull the soup out of the freezer and you have soup for Monday night. It's a matter of thinking and planning and, and figuring things out. Oh, and I have another method to their four smoothies. You mm. can, again, get baggies, freezer, freezer baggies. And in each mm. baggie, put your vegetables and your fruit and your hemp seeds or your flax seeds or your chia seeds. Everything that you want for your smoothie, put it in those freezer bags, one serving at a time. And when it's time to make your free, your smoothie, you take that out of the freezer, you throw it into your blender, put add some water to it, and you have your breakfast. It's a matter of thinking and preparing and wanting to live a life that's healthy, vibrant, full of joy, and free from disease. 
That's that's a hundred percent. I agree with it, and I like how you divided it because I kind of have a similar method too. I have my staples that I, I guess I always have in the fridge. You know, like just staple things that I know I can always combine on a whim mm-hmm. to create some sort of meal. Like I always have avocados, uh, you know, walnuts, blueberries for mm-hmm. snacks. Um, you know, yeah. protein, obviously, like you said, some fish, some chicken, different egg, eggs. I eat eggs every day. I love eggs. I think they're one of the I best things eggs. you can eat. I, I will eat eggs forever. And they're, I think they're one of the best things you can eat. Do you so, eat yeah. eggs from happy chickens? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting though, because I mean, I remember when I would go back to Romania to Mike, I had my cousins have a farm over there mm-hmm. and I haven't been there in, in a while, but when I was a kid, we used to go over the summers and man, those chicken, the, the egg yolks were like freaking red almost. It was so yeah. crazy. Uh, you yeah. know, and obviously here, you know, you're not going to find that, but we do, you know, I get like the, the really fancy schmancy ones, like the, uh, pasture raised organic, whatever, you know, full on best you can get. And they're, they're dark I yellow. I some, mean, they're pretty good. I found some the other day that were orange, like bright, beautiful really? orange, like we're not bright. It was a deep, deep, deep orange. Wow. And it was from, uh, from a local store and it was Pete and somebody's, I don't remember the, the brand name. I was floored oh, by those them. are a treasure if you can get some nice orange eggs that's the best i'm getting them so i'm just i'm gonna spring them up for the money for them and i don't care they're wonderful because like you I eat eggs all the time love them, love them yeah love they're they're one of the best protein sources you can eat from what i've read they're they're very um efficient you know with the protein because your body can break them break them down and it can use a lot of the proteins in there compared to like some other stuff i guess so mm-hmm. What do you think of the oh. keto and paleo diets? Cause you mentioned like low starch and, you know, obviously I think people should control their carbs and you don't need that many carbs unless you're super active, but what do you think about those keto and paleo diets? Well, I think that anytime you do a DIE <laughs> that you can put yourself into a little bit of a trouble and you can yeah. get into a little bit of trouble and um, I, I like paleo. I really do. I love uh, paleo is very much back to mother nature and it's okay to have some of the starches that are from mother nature. And that's basically the way that we live in my household mm-hmm. is that lifestyle back to, you know, our ancient ancestors. Uh, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. The, the part that doesn't make sense is if, if you're trying to lose weight, you shouldn't be eating potatoes every single night. Right. Yeah. You know, it's too much starch for you. So we need to temper that. Um, So, you know, there's no one program that's going to fit uh, every single person. Because like I said, my husband, he can eat four potatoes a night and he'll still be as thin as a rail. When it comes to an unbalanced program, where it's so much higher in one macronutrient than the others, you got to question that and go, hmm, why am I eating so much more of this versus that? Mm. And if, now, okay, I'm just going to say it. Keto is a phenomenal program if, A, you're under the care of somebody who knows what they're doing, a nutritional consultant, a nutritionist, and can also, and, and if you have dis-ease in your body, it was originally created for people who are epileptic. Yeah. And as you know, that's good. I'm glad you know that. And 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 if you don't have major dis-ease, and if you don't have any, 
emotional issues, then yes, you can do a keto program, maybe for a short time. And then just like caveman, they went into keto, they went out of keto, they went into keto, they went out of keto. Mm. It's just what was available at the time. When did they need to use their fat stores? When did they need to store fat? And that's the natural way of living. But to go into a, a nutrition program thinking that you can eat all of those fats as if they're not really good fats, then you can be in trouble. So personally, I don't do DIEs, any of them. It's the philosophy, eat the way, walk, fly, grow, or swim. I didn't add this piece to it. Combine your meals properly. Every meal should have four ounces to six ounces of a lean protein. Three-fourths of your plate should be vegetables, three to four or five cups a meal, and every meal should have a good fat, avocado, coconut, nuts, seeds, uh, olive oil. What am I missing here? Grass-fed, grass-finished butter. I love mm, butter. <laughs> I like ghee, too. And the ghee. Uh, so those are healthy fats, but maybe one to two tablespoons a meal. You need the fat. You need it for your brain. You don't need too much. When people are successful with the keto program, I'm so happy for them. They're, they're stopping to eat the junk food. And that is a big piece of it. Yeah. But it's not sustainable. And they can get themselves into trouble, especially if they're diabetic or borderline diabetic. They can definitely get into health trouble. So be careful with that. Be careful and go under the care of somebody who knows what they're doing, knows what to look for, and knows what foods to teach you to eat and how to live a lifestyle, not a DIE, right? Love it. How, how does somebody heal their gut with natural methods? Lots of vegetables, lots of enzymes, lots of probiotics, lots of good fats, lots of good brain food and stomach food. Um, prebiotics as well, like the ginger, the turmeric, anti-inflammatory foods, and exercise. Yeah, for, pe for people that don't know what enzymes are, why they would be important, can you elaborate on that? Of course, of course, and thank you for asking. Digestive enzymes are in fruits and vegetables. That's where you find them, digestive enzymes. And then there are literally the enzymes that help you digest the food. And these enzymes get activated the moment you cut open the food. I'll give you an example, like a banana. If you chop it, it'll start to turn black. It starts to oxidize. Those are the enzymes activating to help digest it. Hmm. Without enzymes, it's very difficult for your body to digest the food. It's harder on the body. So if you're eating what I call a dead food, let's take a cupcake or a donut or a bagel, there's no enzymes in that food. Your body will have to leach more enzymes from self in order to digest it, keeping making you a weaker individual. Not to say any, I can talk more about what those fake foods are doing to your gut. They're destroying your gut and literally causing lesions in your intestines and causing something called uh, auto intoxication, also known as leaky gut, where food particles leak, leach into your body 
And then your lymphatic system has to go on triple load to get rid of them all. So clean out all of that stuff, eat fresh fruits and vegetables and good fats and, and lean proteins, eat them. Um, it, every single meal should have a combination of those and eat two, three meals a day. We eat too much. Stop eating so much. You don't need it. Mm. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. What, one more question for you. What are you most yeah. grateful for today? What am I most grateful for? I am most grateful for you and your amazing voice, Tudor. I love your voice and your show. I, and I'm, oh my gosh, I can go on and on. I can just go on a rampage of appreciation, Tudor. Thank you, thank you. I can rampage. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend, Tina. You know, I'm a big advocate of wellness and health and exercise and all that stuff. And a lot of times it can be very complicated with supplements and testing and all the biohacking we talk about on the show. And if you read the hacker blog, you know that I am a stickler for research, at least most of the time when I'm using research, I, I try to really be very thorough. So health is a very complex thing and it is a conversation you have to have with yourself over an extended period of time. But one thing that's for certain is that you want to start with your digestive health, you know, with your, with your gut, with your healthy eating habits, you know, make sure you're eating nutritious food regularly, that you're treating your gut well. All these things are the baseline for me. That's where you start. And, you know, later, obviously, you can add different things for higher performance. You know, we talk about anti-aging stuff and, uh, you know, different hacks and genetic testing and all that stuff. And that stuff's great, but you've got to start with your center. And so I hope this episode is really empowered you to do that. Um, you can check out, don't forget to check out Tina's free ebook at the joyful, or actually it would be uh, the joyful gut reboot is the name of the ebook, but the website where you go to get it is Tina McDermott.com slash JG. And that's spelled Tina T I N A McDermott is M C D E R M O T T.com slash J G. And again, this will be linked in the show notes for this episode if you go to the website danceoflife.com as always thank you so much for being here let's not forget our quote from the very beginning she believed she could so she did R.S. Gray you know it's a famous quote I'm sure you've probably have seen it a few times by now on t-shirts on Instagram posts wherever it is but you know really it could go for anybody and I think that the point to drive home is if you truly believe in something you will do it and that is the key because we often waver in our belief when life strikes at us with a challenge, with a change of some kind. And so the key is to really master our ability to maintain our belief through challenge. So hope that leaves you with some great golden nuggets for today. Go out and practice, go out and enjoy, create a joyful gut. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And as always, don't forget, your life is a dance, so go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.